Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. Let me ask you this, are they bigger than your God? You see, too many times... We bring God down to be smaller than our worries. We worry, we stress, we fret, and all because of doubt. Oh, you of little faith. We doubt because we have such little faith. We believe God, we trust God, except in that one area of our lives. And for some of us, it's more than just one area in our life. Truth is, we all too often move through our lives on that limited, on that partial faith. I can trust Him here, but I can't trust Him there. Sometimes our worries feel bigger than our God, so it's not unusual for us to allow it to take over our lives. God warns believers not to allow worry to control them because it can only create a hindrance in their relationship with Him and people in their lives. In our time with Pastor David, we'll also consider how a tendency to worry could destroy our joy in our relationship with God. When we experience worry, It's important to cast our cares on Him and not to allow this kind of sin to take over our lives. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message entitled, Don't Worry. You know, a lot of people, and and even some Christians, When they hear that we're supposed to cast all of our cares on Jesus and that we're not supposed to worry, be content here in this world, well, they they think that Christian idea of casting your care on Jesus is as simple as a song that you might be familiar with. (laughs) Bobby McFerrin's 1988 song, Be Happy. Ah, we got trouble. But as a Christian, don't worry. Just be happy. Okay. But that's not what it's about. That's what the world thinks that you are supposed to do hey, as a Christian. And the problem is, is that's what some Christians think. Oh, don't worry, just be happy. Lost my job. Oh, don't worry, just be happy. Tragedy within the family. Oh, don't worry. Just be happy. A horrendous doctor's report. Ah, don't worry. Just be happy. That's not what Jesus is talking about. That's not the intent of what he speaks to his followers when he says, cast all your cares. When he says, don't let anxiety, anxiousness reign and rule in your hearts. The Bible speaks a lot about worry, and we know that worrying is bad for our spiritual well-being. We understand that, but you also need to understand that worrying is also bad for your physical well-being. There's a whole host of problems. Uh, A great website, if you ever want to visit, if you haven't visited yet, I encourage you. It's called webmd.com. 
Now, it's got a little, probably more medical information than you even care to know about, but in reference to worry and stress, let me share just a couple of things. They state that chronic worry and emotional stress can trigger a host of health problems. The problem occurs when fight or flight is triggered daily by excessive worrying and anxiety. That fight or flight response causes the body's sympathetic nervous system to release stress hormones such as cortisol. These hormones boost blood sugar levels and triglycerides, that's the the blood fats, that can be used by the body for fuel. Now the hormones also cause physical reactions such as difficult swallowing, dizziness, dry mouth, fast heartbeat, fatigue, headaches, inability to concentrate, irritability, muscle actions, muscle tension, nausea, nervous energy, rapid breathing, shortness of breath, sweating, trembling, and twitching. Have we hit anybody yet? (laughs) But that's not even the worst of it. They go on to say that with this excessive fuel in the blood, if it's not being used for physical activities... Anxiety and the pouring out of stress hormones can have some serious physical consequences. And that includes the suppression of the immune system, digestive disorders, ulcers, muscle tensions, short-term memory loss, premature coronary heart disease, and even heart attack. According to the Center for Disease Control, CDC, The following symptoms are seen in individuals who have a hard time coping with worry and stress. Tension and irritability. Fear and anxiety about the future. Difficulty making decisions. Being numb to one's own feelings as well as others. Loss of interest in normal activities. Loss of appetite. Nightmares and recurring thoughts about the event. Anger. Increased use of alcohol or drugs. Feeling powerless crying, sleep problems, headaches, back pains, stomach problems, and trouble concentrating. Don't worry, just be happy. We worry primarily because we're not in control, because events and things happen within our lives that we can't control, and so we worry about them. We allow anxiety to fill our hearts and our lives. You know, this idea of control, that's really at the heart of one of the, one of the most powerful New Testament uh, uh, passages or verses that we can understand the depth of. It's found, you don't need to turn there, but you can mark it, look at it later. It's Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 and 7, probably familiar for many of you. It says, Paul writing to the Philippian church, he says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. And taking on the form of a servant, or a bondservant. The heart and mind of this is taking on the form of a servant. You need to understand, a servant is never in control. Amen? A servant does what his master says. And a servant cares for the things the master cares for. Never are they in control. They are by nature submitted to the master. And when Jesus took upon himself the form of a servant, he gave up control of the entire universe. He did this in order that he would please the Father and also in order to redeem humanity. 
He did this, and as he became a servant, he never once doubted the father's provision or the ability for the father to provide for all things. It's our doubt that God will provide. It's our doubt that God sees or hears or understands our situation. That's what keeps us from being able to release control, and that's what allows worry and anxiety to continue to reign and rule in our hearts and lives. If we'd fully understand our relationship with God, if we'd fully understand his not only sovereignty, but his omnipotence and his omniscience, his all-powerful, his all-knowing, we really fully understood that and we walked in that, we would be able to release control. But as it is, too often, too many believers still today, we try to hold on to control and that control eats us up with worry, stress, and anxiety. Luke chapter 12, that's where we're at today. Down in verse 22, he said to his disciples, therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life, about what you'll eat or about your body, what you'll put on. We spoke about the fact that that English word that uh, we, we use as, as worry comes from an old Anglo-Saxon word that actually meant to choke or to strangle. And that's exactly what worry does to us. It chokes us. It strangles our very life. We talked about the, the four soils. Remember the parable of Jesus, and he said the same word or the same seed, the word of God, went out to four different soils, and one of those soils that seed sprung up, it had life and it sprung up. But the problem is, is as soon as it sprung up, it got choked out, it got strangled by the cares and the concerns of the world. I asked you a couple of questions last week in the midst of the message. Does your concern for the things of this world strangle you out? Is the fruit of your Christian life being choked out by your personal cares and concerns of stuff that many times you don't have any control over anyway. If you don't know the story of Corey Tenboom, go online, Google her name, and what an amazing testimony of a woman that struggled greatly during the times of the Holocaust, during the times of the Jewish concentration camps, and how really she finally came to the point of giving all of her worry, all of her stress to the Lord. Corey says that worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. So many believers are walking around in this present age. They're consumed by the cares of the world rather than being consumed by Jesus. And that's where I want to pick up this morning here in Luke chapter 12. We're going to pick it up in verse 23. Jesus speaking to his followers as well as the multitude, uh, that, that huge crowd that was pressing in. He says in the beginning of verse 23, life is more than food, the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? Jesus is getting down to earth right here. He's, he's just kind of bringing it down to a level that everybody can understand. There's no doubt in my mind that they're in that crowd as they were listening to Jesus. There were probably some of those that, that walked in a lot of pride. And they really cared about what they had and what they wore and how they impressed people. They were successful and they wanted everyone to know how successful they were. They were probably walking around in uh, perhaps an Armonte robe, you know, at that point in time. Maybe carrying a little Gucci bag on, on the side, just showing people, you know, how impressive they were and how all together that they were in life. They were successful. And Jesus warns them, you know what? 
life isn't about food. It's not about clothing. You see, Jesus isn't impressed with those things. He wants his followers to know that it's not the label on your jacket. It's the attitude of your heart that really makes the difference. He tells him to stop and to think for a moment. Think about these ravens. And he's not talking about the ones in Baltimore. He's talking about those mangy scavenger birds, okay? He says, think about the ravens for a moment. Now, earlier he had spoken about the sparrows. Now, you know, sparrows are nice. They're cute little birds. But the ravens, those are just nasty things, okay? But you know what? God even cares for those. He says, God even cares for those. He, he, these, these ravens, they, they don't go out. They don't plow a field. They don't build barns and, and storage bins. God takes care of them. They don't plan on what they're eating tomorrow. They come today and they look to see what's around to eat. Because God takes care of them. They never know where their next meal is coming. You see, they're a scavenger bird. There's a purpose for their creation and and God cares for them. And as a matter of fact, because they have purpose in God's creation, he cares and he provides for them. And if God has reason to care for these nasty scavenger birds, how much more does he have a reason to care for you? He cares for you and you have a purpose as his child. How much more value are you than these birds? He cares for you. You, the one he created in his image. You, the one who's to be a spokesman and a testimony of his kingdom to a lost and dying world that's all around us. And according to his word, he promises to supply most of your needs. Amen? No, shake your head like this, okay? So I know that you read your Bible, okay? Shake your head like this. He promises to supply all of your needs according to the largeness of your bank account. <laughs> according to your skill and ability? No, none of those things. He says, according to his riches and glory. You know what that does? That takes you totally out of the equation. He promises to supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory. See, it's all about him supplying and caring for. Now, there's no doubt, I, I look around even in a congregation this small, and we have a wide range of economic status. I understand that. But we also know that nearly every one of us have much more than we need. Amen? We have much more than we need. But God has promised to supply all of our needs according to his riches in glory. If you're filled with worry about tomorrow, you know, that's a great verse to have committed to memory. My God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Now, back in Luke 12, verse 25, Jesus asked him a very, very pointed question. In verse 25, he says, And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? And if you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? In essence, what he's saying is, how many of you are concerned about how tall you are? Do you really think that you can change that by worrying? There's no doubt in my mind that God created me, okay? I, I have absolutely no doubt. And he didn't create me very tall. I've determined that I am the average height for a, a male, okay? Whatever that height is, I'm the average of that, okay? As a matter of fact, I know for certain God created me as I am, and I am five feet and just enough inches tall, okay? As a matter of fact, I determined a long time ago that if I was any taller, 
my feet wouldn't touch the ground. So God made me right at the right height. Some of the rest of you, uh, okay, made a little bit taller. That's so you don't have to walk on your knees among the rest of us. God does just the right thing. And we can't change. We can't change our height, at least not by worrying about it. You might go to one of those things where they stretch you and, you know, go on the rack and maybe get a little taller. I don't know, but why do we worry about stuff? He, He directs our attention to the lilies of the field here in verse 27. He says, consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? Because of the time of year that it was, I'm sure that Jesus could have probably looked around. It was close to Passover. Jesus could have looked over. It's the spring of the year in Israel and seen the flowers and drawn their attention to these. Look at this, how God provides for these. And yet they're here only for a short time and then they're gone. And yet God provides for these. In our front yard, right now, our front yard is covered with these beautiful yellow California poppies. They're all over in our yard. They're absolutely gorgeous. A beautiful, beautiful, deep yellow color. But you know what, in a a month or so from now, they're going to be gone. They're going to be like weeds, and we pull them out. We get rid of them. They come back on their own in all of their glory and all of their splendor. They're only here for a short time, and then they're gone again until next year. God cares enough that he's created for us to see uh, visually his ability to care for all of his creation, to clothe all of his creation. We know for certain that from the the most majestic of mountain ranges to even the smallest of creatures, even smaller than you and I can see with our naked eye, God creates and God provides. When we look at his handiwork, and yet we still doubt that he's able to handle the situations that we find in our lives, beloved, what does that really say about us? When we look at the splendor of all of his universe... We look at how he's formed and fashioned this world and, 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 and all of the planets and the stars and space and all of these things. We see the greatness and the grandeur of his creation. And then we worry about the smallest of things. Oh yeah, we worry about some big things too, but let me ask you, the biggest of things that you've ever worried about in your life, the biggest of things, are they bigger than all of creation? Or let me ask you this. Are they bigger than your God? You see, too many times we bring God down to be smaller than our worries. We worry, we stress, we fret, and all because of doubt. Oh, you of little faith. We doubt because we have such little faith. We believe God, we trust God, except in that one area of our lives. And for some of us, it's more than just one area in our life. Truth is, we all too often move through our lives on that limited, on that partial faith. I can trust him here, but I can't trust him there. I told this story not too long ago, but it bears repeating. The story of a poor farmer. Oh, he was so poor, he couldn't afford a wagon, and he couldn't even afford a horse. But in the time of year, as he gathered and harvested his crops, he would put them in a large sack and 
throw them over his back and he would walk into town to the market. And one day as he's walking to the market, his neighbor, who was a successful farmer, had both horse and wagon, came alongside of him and said, neighbor, can I give you a ride into the market? And so the poor farmer climbed up into the wagon and sat there and they began down the dirt road heading toward the market. Pretty soon the the rich farmer, the one who owned the horse and the wagon, looked at his poor neighbor and says, neighbor, I've invited you to ride in my wagon to the market. Why do you still have your sack on your shoulder? Why don't you lay it in the back of the wagon? The poor farmer explained. He said, you were so gracious to give me a ride to market. I couldn't expect you to carry my burdens also. Think about that for a moment in our Christian walk. Lord, you saved me. I can't expect you to carry my burdens also. And yet that's why he's there for us casting all of our cares upon him. The only way that you and I can fully enjoy that that maximum experience of our salvation is to know and to understand that Jesus wants to carry all of our anxiety. He wants to carry all of our concerns. That's why Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, he says, cast all your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Now back here in Luke 12, Jesus goes on to instruct his followers. In verse 29, he says, And don't seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all of these things the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Don't have an anxious mind, he said. That word there for anxious mind is miterizo. Miterizo is directly translated, means to be lifted up into into mid-air, suspended without any kind of support, able to fluctuate. It's where we get our English word meteor, by the way. And within the context of what Jesus is saying here, it gives us the idea of our mind being suspended somewhere between that solid ground of hope and that instability of fear. We're not well grounded and we're able too often to fluctuate, and that's what happens. We cannot continue to exist in that state, and we certainly can't, rev- we can't thrive in that state of mind. If we're not walking in hope, we're not walking the solid security that my God is caring for everything that I have. My God knows my needs. My God knows my issues. My God is more than able to supply all of my needs. If we're not walking in the strength of that, then you know what? The cares and the concerns of this world are going to blow you away. You're not going to walk in strength. You're not going to walk in victory. You're going to walk in fear. You're going to walk in anxiousness. And the enemy is going to continue to be able to bring in doubt into your mind. Beloved, we'll be like that meteor and eventually we're just going to burn out. The Lord didn't create us. He didn't call us to himself for us to live our lives in instability, to live our lives in fear or in doubt, to be overcome by worry and stress. His design is that in these times of doubt or the unknown, that we would put all of our trust, our whole complete trust in Him and just wait upon Him, to wait upon Him. Oh, 
hope that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard today is exactly what you're looking for in a church. Then please join us. We meet Saturday evenings and twice on Sunday morning, as well as throughout the week. For more information about when we meet for worship, including driving directions, log on to theopenword.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now here's Tracy with some more important information about how you can help support The Open Word. Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced and God has given us a vision to see The Open Word expand into other parts of the world. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to TheOpenWord.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow. Thanks, Tracy. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God richly bless you.